Eating the monkey is the way we refer to those random ADHD thoughts that take over your mind when you're supposed to be paying attention to something important. Hello, and welcome to Feeding the Monkey, episode 11. Today we're going to look at a couple of questions. One is, are all primates omnivores? Uh, This question comes from a previous episode when we were talking about Lord only knows what. And the question came up, if primates were omnivores or not, uh, look that up for us, and I have the answer now. And we're going to look at how do we get to, uh, how do we learn to move our arms and our legs um, so that they're, you know, so that they move. Like when you, when you move your arm, you don't stop and think, I'm going to move left arm now, but somehow it moves. And so I was really curious about how do we learn to move our arms and legs So we're going to look at that. Last week, we looked at why is so much stuff called milk that's not milk. That was not a, uh, that was not a a deeply pressing issue. The answer is because it's white and it looks like milk. And also, how effective is hydrogen peroxide um, as as an antiseptic? And the fact of the matter is that it, it was really pretty much didn't do anything at all. But it also didn't hurt anything, so there's no real reason not to do it. Um, and before I go into our questions of the week, I thought that everybody would like to know that if you were to put your hot chocolate in a smaller mug, it wouldn't slosh out like it does in a regular size mug because the size of the mug, the resonance of the hot chocolate in the mug is roughly equivalent to the resonance of an average walking speed and that's why it splashes out so if you were to use a smaller mug it wouldn't splash out as much there I know I know you've been wondering there you go we've got the answer so humans are classified as primates and we're not getting into whether or not uh, it's evolution or creation or Uh, aliens came down we don't care primates are humans are classified as primates and we are omnivores so the question is are all um, primates omnivores are some of them vegan or maybe even vegetarian Um, while looking for this answer I didn't realize that this was such a uh, such a controversial and contentious topic uh, the, f- the top two articles, uh, the first thing I do is I look at Google and I say on the Google, Dear Google, are all primates omnivorous? Love me. No, I just say primates um, omniv- omnivorous. Um, and the first two articles, the first one says humans are not omnivores. And it had it in, that not was in capital letters. Um and the second one from it was humans are classic omnivores. So clicking on humans are not omnivores, and you got to put it like that. They are not omnivores because it was in all capital letters. Um, it was pretty scientific. It, it, it was full of stuff like because, because this article is wrong and that article is wrong and how can you study 34 people? And it was all just, it was a, a load of malarkey. So we're going to go with humans are, in fact, omnivorous. And since that, uh, and since we're going to go with that, 
Research shows that at least among the great apes, and man is classified as a great ape, all are omnivorous with varying amounts of fruit, vegetable, and animal protein in their diets. So um, as at least as far, not necessarily all primates, but at least as far as all great apes, yes, they are all omnivorous to different extents. So the non-human types of apes are divided into two groups. There's the great apes, uh, gorillas, bonobos, chimpanzees, and orangutans, and lesser apes, gibbons, and siamangs. I don't know if I'm saying that right or not, so if I said it wrong, you, I'll just wince. That's great. They have hair instead of fur, fingernails instead of claws, and that's actually what we were looking at was the was why do uh, people have fingernails instead of claws. Uh, they have opposable thumbs. They have a high brain-to-body size ratio with a coordinating high level of intelligence. Uh, they have prehensibility, prehensility, excuse me, which is the ability with the grasp with the fingers and or toes. I can grasp with my toes. I know a lot of people can. A lot of people only grasp with their fingers. Whatever floats your boat, we're not... We're not prejudiced here against prehensile toad. Um, they have padded digits. That's the end of your fingers with fingertips. They have binocular vision. So both eyes can focus in on one object, which gives you depth perception. And uh, we have a reduced olfactory sense, and we're dependent more on vision than on smell, as opposed to, say, uh, a big cat, which also has the eyes in front but has a tremendous uh, ability to smell prey. So, just to go over these, chimps, chimpanzees, the diet is mainly fruit with a regular amount of insects, as well as birds and small mammals. So, chimpanzees will eat birds and small mammals. Orangutans, they are primarily herbivorous. They love jungle fruits like durian, jackfruit, and something called a lichy nut, I think it's spelled lychee, could be lychee, L-Y-C-H-E-E. I'm going to go with a lychee nut. Orangutans have been observed in the wild, catching and eating a small animal called a slow loris. I bet if he was a fast loris, you'd see a whole lot fewer orangutans catching and eating them. I'm just throwing that out there to the loris. Uh, Gorillas. uh, 67% of their diet is fruit. About 17% is leaves, seeds, and stems. Uh, 3% we're going with termites and caterpillars. So they're eating animals as well. They're just eating uh, more like insects. And of course, caterpillars are not insects, but they're, they're bugs, okay? We're going with the scientific. We're going with the scientific definition here. They eat bugs. Um, bonobos. Bonobos are the closest to human beings. Um, their DNA is 98% similar to human beings. So that's what I mean by they're the closest to human beings. They're the they're closest great ape, even closer than the chimpanzee. Uh, the bonobos eat primarily fruit. They also eat leaves, flowers, bark, stems, roots, insect larvae, worms, crustaceans, honey, eggs, and um, soil. Okay, they eat dirt. Okay. Occasionally they hunt small mammals, flying squirrels, or something called it a duiker, a duiker? <laughs> no, D-U-I-K-E-R-S, a duiker, duiker? <laughs> it sounds like something, sounds like something you would, you would hear Foghorn Leghorn say. Uh, it's a small antelope. Um, 
okay, so gibbons. Gibbons eat mostly fruit, 75% of their diet. Leaves, flowers, seeds, tree bark, tender plant shoots. No, no tough plant shoots for the gibbons. Um, they also eat leaves and the occasional protein smack, which is a small bird, maybe an egg, maybe a spider, uh, some kind of a of an insect. Yeah, small birds, yeah, bird eggs. Samong's the same. They eat fruit. Um, they also do leaves, spiders, eggs, spiders and eggs. I suppose spider eggs as well, maybe, and insects. So, there you go. Are all primates omnivorous? Not entirely sure, but all the great apes are. One thing I forgot to mention, the Neto Challenge. How is the Neto Challenge going? Well, we have 134 likes, so I am still free to not eat the natto. We need 500 Facebook likes. We have 130. No natto for me. All right. Next up, uh, how do babies learn to move their arms and legs? This is just something that has bothered me for a long time. Uh, when you move your legs and you move your arms, you don't consciously think, I'm now going to move my legs, I'm going to move my arms. It's the same as when you're riding a bicycle. You don't consciously think of... I'm going to shift my weight to the left or the right, but you do it because you're falling and eventually it becomes second nature. And so it's wondering if maybe moving your arms and legs, maybe if at some point you had to consciously think, okay, I'm going to move, I'm going to move my left leg. I'm going to move my, my right arm. And then perhaps as we get older, it just becomes ingrained and we don't remember when we, at that time when we had to stop and think about it. So this was very interesting. But basically, uh, what I found is that we are going to, um, first we're going to have to go over how babies develop, just specific milestones related to your arms and your legs. Um, so basically, babies at about 36 weeks gestation, so they're in the womb, they have REM sleep, which means they're dreaming, probably about sensations they had during the day. Um, they sleep about 90 to 95% of the day. So um, breathing, swallowing, licking, and moving the eyes, uh, there is no large-scale movement, body movements. Uh, there's no breathing, no eye movements, and, uh, and a little muscle activity when they're uh, in non-REM sleep, which is, again, similar to um, people who have already been born in that when you are in REM sleep, you have no large-scale body movements. It's sleep paralysis. It's, that's a really interesting thing, too. But not today. So, week six or seven. We're going to start at the start of the beginning here. We're going to start about week six or seven. Uh, arm and leg buds start to develop. So you start to get the little, little things that are going to be your arms and your legs. In week eight, the limbs are longer and the hands and feet, you don't have any fingers or toes. Instead, they look like little paddles. And you can see where the fingers and toes are going to be. By week nine, you now have elbows in your arms. And you have uh, toes. Week ten, the fetus is about two and a half inches long. And this is when movement starts happening. 
Um, it is random and the mother can't feel it, not at 10 weeks. By week 11, you have fingernails and toenails. And we all know that those are very important to me, the fingernails and the toenails. Elephants have fingernails, as you may recall. Uh, week 14, there are limb movements. They've become more coordinated. So at, at week 10, you're flapping your arms and legs. They don't really have any, any rhyme or reason to them. They're random. By week 14, the limb movements have become more coordinated. By week 16, you're five and a half inches long, and you are able to grasp things. That's when the grasp reflex starts to develop, is at week 16. At week 20, you can suck your thumb, which means you have a thumb, and you can raise it to your mouth, and you can consciously suck it. <laughs> uh, week 26, you have footprints and fingerprints. You also have identifiable brain waves, which resemble a full-term infant. At week 27, your nervous system can control some functions in your body, start to feel pain, etc. At week 36, you're full-term, and you show up in the world, ta-da, with 70 reflex behaviors called primary reflexes. So some of these are in no particular order. Yeah, asymmetrical tonic neck reflex, ATNR. Um, when you when the baby turns his head to a side, when the head is turned, the arm and leg on that same side will extend, while the opposite limbs bend. So you turn to the right, and the arm and the leg come up on the right, and the left arm and left leg will bend. Um, there is something called the Moro reflex. That's the startle reflex. That's whenever you go, poof, and the baby goes, ah, and, and crinkles up. And um, the, that's why babies are so easily startled. It's one, of the original, um, it's one of the original reflexes. It's the startle reflex. Now, remember, these are reflexes. This means that these are not things that are consciously done. You, you can't control this. If somebody blows in your eyes, your eyes close, and it's reflex. You don't close them on purpose. Um, so there's also what's called the root, the rooting reflex, which is uh, when the baby is looking for food. That can be um, triggered by a gentle stroke on the cheek. There is the suck reflex. A touch on the roof of the mouth will cause uh, the baby to suck. There is Babinski's reflex, which is different from babushka, but I love that word, Babinski's reflex. Um, a gentle stroke on the sole of the foot from the heel to the toe will cause the foot to turn in and the toes flare up. Um, there is the walking or stepping reflex. So if you hold the baby upright with his feet on a flat surface, um, it's going to lift one foot and then the other as if, as if walking. And that's due to the pressure on the bottom of the feet triggers the, the walking or stepping reflex. Um, remember, we had the asymmetrical tonic neck reflex. We also have the, uh, the tonic neck reflex. When you lie on the back, lie the baby on his back, head turned to one side, the arm on that side extends, uh, called the fencing position. And then there's the grasp or palmar grasp reflex. If you press a finger or another object, such as a rattle, into the baby's palm, uh, the baby will make a fist and attempt to grab the finger or object. All of these reflexes are generally gone 
by the time you're um, around a year old in that range um, and there was actually some there was actually some thought that perhaps inadequately losing these reflexes or in other words retaining some of these reflexes may cause uh, ADHD and autism and a bunch of other stuff but there was no um, concrete scientific evidence to back up that claim. There were a couple of studies done that suggested that further reset search was called for to see if um, that is an, in fact a thing. So the question is, when do you learn to move your arms and legs? And the answer is, you don't. It's reflexive. They start moving at random when you are uh, a fetus of 10 weeks of age, so less than less than two months, um, and then uh, the the movements become more and more coordinated. But there isn't any given particular period of time when you learn how to use your arms and legs. You kind of just come out knowing how to do it, which sounds a little weird to me. But uh, who am I to argue with science? Next week on Feeding the Monkey, we are going to look at two uh, things that have uh, caused me great curiosity. We're going to go to, it's going to be Criminal Minds Week. I love Criminal Minds. It's a TV show. It's a TV detective, kind of a TV detective show. It's officially called a police procedural, but anyway, beyond that. Um, and we're going to look at a couple of things that they talk about in, in uh, Criminal Minds. Uh, one of them is biphasic sleeping, that is sleeping in two stages, very interesting stuff, and also um, micro expressions. Um, they do that a bit in Criminal Minds. Uh, they did that in the TV show Lie to Me, so that was very interesting to me, micro expressions. As always, if you have any questions or comments or concerns or corrections, that was three C's in a Q, but I kind of made it sound like they were all the same right questions, comments, huh? Um, you can reach me uh, at by email, monkey at feedingthemonkey.com. There's also a website, www.feedingthemonkey.com. Or you can find us on the Facebook at Feeding the Monkey. And again, always, uh, always looking for new things to research and study. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, as I always do, I leave you with some upbeat outro music. Thank you. Mm-hmm.